So pumped to hear. So pumped. There was so many thoughts yesterday's speech. Yesterday morning, his the drush of of that year, that Holocaust survivor. I don't want to think for anybody here, and, and everybody here has their own thoughts from from the speaker. And we're an energetic bunch. And Kimat, not a guy in the crowd, moved. There was like, for however long that you were speaking. Did it work? What? Did it work? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, did it work? For my purposes, <laughs> only no, I, I, no, for, for your purposes, yeah, very much. He's a rabbi, sort of. I don't know, but Laban, that was my favorite. Part. I love that. He said Laban instead of love. Yeah, Laban. Jacob, Well, I wanted, I wanted to say something that's hashkafas atayrari. That's that's Ellie. There's a pullover chair closest. I want you to hear this. When we study Torah, David, we're studying ideals, and the Torah gives us a system, Kalman, of how Hashem views things. And there's an there's a, there's an idea in the Torah that all different places idea comes out. All different places idea comes out, and I want to share this idea with you. Because it's huge, huge. I wouldn't call it a theme of the Torah, because I wouldn't have the audacity to call this the theme. There are many ideals in the Torah, but this is an ideal of Hashem that plays itself out over and over in the Torah. I was zayicha to hear from Reb Miller's mouth live in person. I heard this from Reb Miller's mouth. It was a Thursday afternoon, early afternoon, and I was by my father-in-law's house, and we were talking about Reb Miller. And we were just talking how much we love Red Miller. And my father-in-law said, why are we talking how much we love Red Miller? Let's go hear him. And we hopped in a car together. I remember like almost impulsively. We hopped in a car together. It was Thursday night. was his famous speech when he spoke and then he answered questions. It was Me'enoi Lumhaba. And... And I remember that that we, that we went down to that speech. We were talking about Ramil, and he said, what are we talking about? And let's go hear him. And we hopped in a car in Lakewood and drove to Brooklyn, and we listened to Reb Miller together. My father-in-law asked the question afterwards, and Reb Miller spoke why we went to Egypt. Why did Hashem put the whole Jewish people in Egypt for 200 years, 86 of which were tremendously torturous? Why are we in Egypt? And he said one of the reasons, he gave three reasons, Ellie, why Hashem brought us to Egypt. And one of the purposes why we were in Egypt is that should be part of our psyche to stick up for the underdog. The Torah says, love Gerim, love the Ger. The Ger is the outcast, is the person who doesn't feel comfortable, who doesn't have your security. Love the Ger, because you were Gerim in Mitzrayim. That's a Pasuk in the Torah. Reb Miller explained to us, the Pasuk says, love the Ger for you were Gerim. You can relate in your creation as a people, you were the foreigner. So you can understand, and it's part of your psyche. This is passed down generation to generation. It becomes part of understanding you were Gerim. You were outcasts. So be nice. When you see the person who's not so comfortable, who's not so at home here, be nice to him, for you a gerim. And in this line, and Reb Miller says it's one of the three purposes we were put in Egypt. So in our history, we should always be nice to the one who's not so settled, who's not so comfortable. But Kalman, there's a huge, huge chiddush here. People go through hardships when they're young, and they strive to forget it, to bury it. To put it away. Just to forget it. To move on. And you see a different lesson of the Torah, Shlomer. What we learn in the Torah is every hardship a person can go through can be used for the betterment of somebody else. It's not just bury it and forget it. Who knows? We don't know the Cheshbonus of Hashem. We have no idea. Hashem's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We don't know. But you can turn it into betterment for other people. Reb Matisyo Salman was a yasam when he was a kid. A yasam. 
Nairi to think not having supported his parents. Yosem. Not having a tattoo supportive was a rock in your life. Not having a mama who's a, a, just love, pure love in your life. The biggest fan of your life. Not having a tattoo was a yasim. Reb Matsyo Salman, this sadder, till today, he's unbelievable to Yusayim and Almanis. He knows what it means. Till today, when he comes home every Friday night from shul, before he goes home, he makes kiddush for families, for, for ladies that are that are manis. Everybody wants minutes of Rav Matasio's time. He's one of the most sought-after people in the world. And every night, Friday night, before he makes kiddush for his family, he makes kiddush for almanis. One of the difficulties of a lady not having a husband is the job of a husband is to bring a family into the community. It's the job of a husband. I always tell gays, one of the reasons I want, one, I don't care how you dress in yeshiva, this is your house, you, you can dress in anything. But one day I want you to wear yeshiva clothing, is I want you to identify with the yeshiva community. Theoretically, if you had another community to belong to, that was idealistic and sincere and authentic, excellent, to me that's the best world, belong to the world of yeshivas. Your responsibility as a husband one day is not just to be a good father and a good husband, it's to introduce your family to a community. The more you're connected to a community, the safer it is for your kids. I saw a phenomenon in a city in Eretz Yisrael of the Americans move there and an unbelievable percentage of their kids go off the derech. And to me it's obvious they don't belong to any community. We're not this, we're not that. So you know community, it's very dangerous for your children. Very, exceedingly dangerous. They don't have any sense of belonging. They they float. Part of the job of us, I have seen fathers mess up their families because they didn't give them to a community. We're part, comfortable to a kid. We're part, it doesn't mean you don't have thoughts. You don't give up your independence. There's no world that you give up your ani. You're allowed to be independent and your own ideas. Any community, any normal, sane community allows for that. But in a healthy way, even a creative guy like Baruch, creative, unique, a wonderful thinker, you bring your family into a community that is clear to our children by making it clear to our children this is the community we belong to. You make it clear, it becomes, it's evident we belong to a community in a healthy way is an excellent, powerful tool for it and it's part of what a healthy husband does. He connects to its saber. When there's no husband, so a family automatically, a wife feels disconnected to the tzibur. There's no husband going to shul, coming back, saying over the drasha. Rematisio brilliantly understands the almana. And he goes to her house, keeping her connected, making kiddush for the family. Keeping the mishpacha connected to the community. The rub of the whole kehillu, everybody wants time with is sitting in their house. There's a very deepness. It's not a cute shtick he makes kiddush for them. The fact that Ramatisio and his entourage comes by their house on Friday night says to the family, you're still very connected to community. It's a tremendous depth that he makes Kiddush there. It's not, so he made Kiddush, he did, he didn't. It's a tremendous depth of keeping the Mishpacha connected to the community. So where did Ramatisio get such a sensitivity? Because he was a Yasin. We had two Yisayim in Yeshiva years ago. Everybody wants Ramatisio's time. He probably, when he was B'taikva, he's not well. When he was B'taikva, he probably was the most sought-after person in America, in the from world. More than any single person in America, the one who people wanted his time, brilliant advice, just an understander of everything. Probably from the busiest people in America, his time was wanted. A yasim in a second. If you asked to come to him for Shabbos, a guy was a yasim, you come right to his house. We sent two guys in the yeshiva, they went to him for Shabbos. He would focus on them, call their cell phones, be in touch with them, whatever you want. Where did he get such a sensitivity? Because he was a yasim. What a tyridic ashkafa that you went through something. It's not just to put it away. Forget that. Move on from it. Maybe you, what you went through, you could use to help the next person. You understand in a deeper way. There are guys who went through trauma with their parents and no Rebbe could ever bring it out. I told you that, that Abacha said to me, who went through terrible, unbelievable things. He, he was closed. He gradu- I'll, I'll tell you the story. A guy graduated from the yeshiva. I said it right. I didn't understand why he wasn't matzliach properly. 
why he didn't get to where to, to the place he could get. Years later, he sent me a message and he went through, he told me what trauma he went through. He went through no ridiculous things and he couldn't face it for years. It, it dictated every part of his life, he said. It owned every part of his life. He couldn't face it for years. Today he faced it. Today he faced it. But he begged me that to teach, and I, it's the theme of the year, expression, not suppression, to get guys to be able to talk to somebody. Talk. Express. Don't hold in. Express. Often a guy won't express to anybody. Only safe to express to somebody who also went through similar challenges. The great Amayur Rabbi Yochanan lost ten children. None of you can understand that you don't have kids yet. You can't fathom the depth of pain. He lost ten children. Naira. Naira. Really unfathomable. He buried ten children. Naira. Rabbi Yochanan used to carry around the bone of his tenth son. Dain Garma Dasi Rabir. This is the bone of my tenth son. He had a little bone from his tenth son's body. What was he carrying around the bone? He wasn't a morose person. He wasn't a sad person. The great Amir of Yechanan. What's he carrying around the bone of his tenth son? The word morose, the word of the day. Please look up Shmuel. Nayam's our official looker upper, morose. Proud of you. Good calm. You looked it up already? You just knew already. Let's get exact, Webster. Yeah. Sad is true. Morose. Sullen at no. That's a person sullen and ill tempered. Could we have an Yeah. Let's get another. How do we get another? If guys don't learn to articulate well, then all the ideas that we want to learn together can't be expressed to others. It's not a good zach. Guys have to learn to express it. The importance of words is not just a shtick. If you have vocabulary to express ideas, then guys can express it more precisely. If you don't have vocabulary to express ideas, things will be vague and foggy. So it's not a shtick to have words. It's important to have words. Mark by by or expressive of gloom. Morose is like gloomy, dark, dank, sad. It's morose. It's a very important word. Their rebellion, all their shmuzim is a certain negativity. It's a negative view of the world. They're the most one of the most dangerous things. I think the world's a gorgeous place. Hashem is on my side. It says Taiv That's where I got it from, the Torah. The world's Taiv It's a beautiful world. The Rebbeim will give over a gloomy vision of the world. Just like, oh, it's a bad place. It's, it's Shrek. It's against Torah. It's not in line. The Yid says a hundred brachas a day. You're completely against the Torah. It's against the Torah. It's not, it's not, it's not just, it's not the different personalities, a little negative, he's positive. You're against the Torah. It's against Meir Brachis. Meir Brachis says a Yid looks at the world, sees Hashem. Hashem's everywhere. We're in a bad world. Hashem's everywhere. Hashem's everywhere. It's, it's against the Torah. It's not different types. If somebody's nature is more negative, so we all have our challenges. Somebody's, you can all have negative, you, we can all have traits that are a little bit against the Torah and you have to work on it. There's no different types. Negative, the world's a beautiful place. So morose is like a gloomy view of the world. So if you're here, he walks around with a bone of his tenth son. What, he has a gloomy view of the world? And the answer is, you know why he walked around with the bone of his tenth son, Yitzhak? Because he wanted, if anybody ever had a tzara, he would go to the, the shiva and he would say, this is the bone of my tenth son. He would help them express, I can connect to you. I can relate to you. Often the only guy in the world, I promise I've seen it in the yeshiva. You have a bacher whose father, I'm sorry to speak so openly. I don't like speaking like this. You have a bacher whose father beat him to a pulp. Beat him up. And he doesn't express it and he's doing, he hates Yiddishkeit. He, he's pushed, suffering. Every action is a reaction to what he went through. And he's not honest about it. And he walks around unhealthy and doing things in response to something that he's not even facing. There's nothing as dangerous as an enemy that you don't face. 
that you don't look up and, and the father's not his enemy. I'm talking about his, his situation that he doesn't face. And he'll never open up about it till somebody who went through a similar thing is open with him and that opens him up. And nobody else can unlock. He's locked. Somebody went through a similar thing. One day says to him, I want to tell you what I went through. And he's like, really? You also? Safe. And he unlocks. Then he gets healthy. Works on himself. Expresses. If you went through something, it's not just about, I'm better now. I'm forgetting those days. What can be done about what I went through? What can I take my experience and make it for the betterment of others? What can I take from my experience? I don't know. I don't know Aryeh Weiss well. I am awed by that, that by that kind person. I'm awed by him. He made a bar mitzvah yesterday, and I'm awed by the kindness of this of this person of this wonderful Ben Tyra. Erluch Ben Tyra is so kind, unbelievable. He his oldest. I believe it's his oldest son. He made a bar mitzvah yesterday. He's a special needs child. I can't tell you the root of all his kindness. I don't know him well. I didn't grow up with Aryeh Weiss. I don't know where he came to be such a kind, caring person. But I could tell you that it strikes me. He stands up a lot for the underdog. And he helps out and cares a lot for people, many, many people who others neglect. It's very, very likely to me. I don't know. I, I, I can ask him. He alluded to it at the Bar Mitzvah. He alluded to it. It's very likely to me that he went through himself. He's raising a child who's the underdog, who's autistic. And the fact that he turned it into his challenge, turned into a bracha for us. That he's nicer to anybody who's, who he feels is somewhat neglected. He's nice. I don't know if that caused it. I can't, well, I'm not the one to say, but it makes me think. Definitely causes pause for thought. This year, yesterday, I spoke in Yeshiva, saw, I can't fathom. I was looking at a man, he described it, he saw his whole city killed. He saw his brother killed in front of him. He saw children, he, his mother was killed, not in front of him. He, he was there and his mother was put in the room to be killed. What this man saw, the horrors. See, you could walk away, if you, there were many thoughts to walk away. The resiliency of, of a yid is unbelievable. The resiliency, the bounce back of a yid, unbelievable. If morose wasn't the word of the day, resiliency would have been. The bounce back of a yid, the resiliency, a very important word. A yid's kayak to be resilient, to withstand, but deeper than that. All of a sudden you have a man, him and his son are very into helping other people. He made a career of helping other people. A whole lifetime of helping, they're very giving, they're generous. He turned what he went through, instead of just forgetting it and burying it, it could be just the horror of his youth. He saw such hatred, and instead he's more sympathetic, shocking. He's more sympathetic to people who are hurt, and helps and has spent the career, him and his son, of giving and being generous and kind to others. That to me is Ashkafus HaTayrah. That's the Ashkafa Zatayra, to take things we went through and not just bury it and forget it. You went through it yourself. Who, in, who is better than you to understand the next person, to unlock the next person, to assist the next person? I want to tell you something, Gedalia, that part of healing in life, of going through something, a huge part of healing and recovering and getting better is taking situations we went through and using it for the betterment of others. If you know anything about the 12 steps, which are all the chachma, chachma goyim tamen. Of course, it's all entire. You don't need, you don't need goyish chachma. But that's our madreg. We think we need to see it in goyish chachma. It's all in the Torah. But the goyim worked for years and years, the chachma umais, and decided these are the only steps that a person can get better. The goyim say that one of the 12 steps is to help others. You can never recover, never. The Goyim, it's not a from a thing, the 12 steps. It's scientific. It's what they've tested and tried, that the only way to get healthy is to help other people. <coughs> Rabbeinu Yoyne beat them only by a few hundred years. Nope, he beat them by hundreds of years. He talks about about Shuvah. That you're never about Shuvah till you're Meshiv others may oven also, till you assist others. You're never cured from your hurt, from your pain, from your rebellion, until you assist others also. So all of a sudden, what you went through now as a big tayelis, 
has a big gain. You turn the negative into a positive. I don't say that's why you went through it. It's not, it's not, it's not appropriate to say. Don't tell a guy, you went through it. I don't know why you went through it. I don't know why he went through it. I don't know. Hashem's smarter. You never tell a guy, that's why you went through it. We don't know why. It's almost silly to tell him. That's why you, to tell it's, 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 it's mean. But you went, you did go through it. Hashem has his reasons. But take what you went through and help assist another person. At least it gives some understanding of everything. They don't say it's Hashem smart. But take what you went through and assist another person. Yesterday, Yitz, Yitz, Yitz Mandel told me a word from Reb Shmuel Birnbaum. It's a longer word. I don't want to go through the whole word. But I want to say the tamsis, the point of the word from Reb Shmuel Birnbaum, Yitz Mandel told me. That I believe he said his father heard it from Reb Shmuel Birnbaum's mouth, holy mouth. And he said from Reb Shmuel Birnbaum that Yosef Atzadik was the one in charge of the whole Egypt, of, of taking care of Egypt during the years of famine. He said something unbelievable. The Torah tells us that Yosef HaTzadik got two extra years in prison. We'll discuss, maybe we'll discuss later why. They got two extra years in prison for a lack of emuna. Discuss later. For a lack of emuna, he got two extra years in prison. Says, asked him Shmuel Berber, why was he in prison the first nine years? He languished in prison for yarn. He languished in prison for years. Why did he sit in prison for so many years? Oh, that it doesn't say what he did. So he said something unbelievable, Rav Shmuel Birnbaum. Rav Shmuel Birnbaum said that when the Mir Yeshiva was in Japan, he saw people die to starvation. He said the people of Japan, it was wartime, and the people were starving. He said people would come to the window where the Mir Yeshiva was, and somehow, miraculously, the Mir had food. And people would come to the window, going, begging, Japanese, begging for food. He said, if you didn't throw the guy a piece of bread, the next morning you walked out of the mirror, out of the building, and the guy was lying on the floor, dead from starvation. The guy who had asked you for a piece of bread, he said you would take half your bread and you'd give it to the Japanese guy. And if you said no, he said the next morning, he said he saw this, from Shmuel Birnbaum. You walked out, the guy asked you for a piece of bread out the window begging. You, you said, oh, I'm sorry, you were hungry. You ate your whole piece, the next morning you saw the guy dead. Lying dead, he died of starvation in front of the, begging for food on the street. You met the guy. It happened to me, saw it. He said something like this. He said there were, there were, there were lines of food. The Japanese government was giving out food, food kitchens. They were giving out food. So he said he saw a guy was in front of the line, ready to get his food. He was starving, to, ready to get his meager rations. And a, and a guy cut the whole line. A guy was starving and he cut the line. So the guy in the front of the line started yelling at him. Everybody was yelling at the guy cutting. We, they were waiting for six hours, he said. They were waiting for hours for food. And a guy cut the whole line. So they started yelling. And the front guy like started pushing and they started roughing each other. So the guy giving out the food sent them both to the back of the line. Rabbi Shmuel was watching. It was such a chutzpah. The guy had waited and was in front of the line rightfully. didn't push. He waited the longest. He was there. He was there the earliest. And Rabbi Shmuel couldn't believe the cruelty. Why'd the front guy get to the back of the line? You, the guy you cut, go to the back of the line. He cut. The front guy was just asserting himself like he was right. So Rabbi Shmuel asked himself, he said he observed this, and he said, why did the front guy get sent to the back? And he said, the answer is, because the guy giving out the food had a full stomach. He had a full stomach. He couldn't relate to two starving people. So he sent them both to the back of the line. Because he had a full stomach. He said, only a guy, only a guy with an empty stomach, he said, the guy giving out the food should have been a guy who, faced, who, who, who tasted starvation in his life. Only if you tasted starvation could you, un- could you understand to be sympathetic to that guy in the front line who tasted starvation. Said, said of Shmuel Birnbaum, Hashem put Yosef and Tzaddik in jail. In jail you face starvation. No food. You're waiting for the crumb of bread to drop down into the pit. You're waiting for the bread to drop in the pit. 
Only somebody like that can be in charge of Mitzrayim. His job was to give food for seven years to a country starving. Only a guy who tasted starvation is the proper person for a job to give out. I'm going to tell you a funny story with my Rebbe that is so intelligent and so not funny. It's a cutesy, but there's such intelligence to what my Rebbe said. A Rebbe asked my Rebbe, a Rebbe was a Rebbe in Yeshiva and he said to the Rashiva, my Rebbe, he said, confusing Rebbe, 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 a guy was teaching in YFR, and he said to my Rebbe, who's the Rosh Yeshiva, he said that I don't want to teach second Seder. It's hard for me, he had reasons, I want to go learn elsewhere. Could you hire, could minus for my salary? And whatever it costs, just pay a different guy to teach second Seder. So my Rebbe said, absolutely not, you have to teach second Seder. So he said, why? Get somebody else. He said, I'll tell you what. But listen to what my Rebbe said to him. He said, second Seder, the guys are tired out. They've learned the whole morning. He said, I want a Rebbe. If I bring in a new Rebbe, the Rebbe's fresh. He hasn't taught and learned all morning. He comes in fired up. My Rebbe said, I don't want a fresh Rebbe teaching tired guys. It's not fair. He doesn't relate to them. I want your tired out. You sat the whole morning with them. Second Seder's after 45 minute break. It's high school guys that tired out. I want somebody who relates to the guys. You're as tired as they are. It's a better shidduch. I don't want a guy coming in all fresh and fired up. He doesn't relate. The chevra's tired out. They were sitting catching all morning, learning all morning. They're exhausted. I want a tired Rebbe with tired guys. And he appreciates what the struggles are. He's feeling also the tiredness they're feeling. That's what I want. It's a cute story, but there's so much depth to that. Rabbi Shmuel Birnbaum said that somebody who, who, didn't, who tasted starvation, he's the one in charge to give out food to others who tasted starvation. Often it's that way. That if you've been through something, you can understand better. You can relate better. You can connect better in many ways. But to take situations, we all have challenges. But to use our challenges that others gain from our, our difficulties. Others get from it in profound ways. We've experienced. We've been through. We've, we've been challenged. The next person should be better from our challenges. If this is why Hashem put us in Egypt. Why we went down to Mitzrayim. That we can relate and understand a person who's an outsider. We can be nice to, to Geirim. So then, then all our lives, that has to be, a, that has to be Ashkafa, that has to be an outlook of our lives. Where from what we went through, could somebody else gain from it? There are many more places, Shloim in the Torah, this idea is brought home, but it's an outlook of the Torah. It's, a, it's one of the tenets, one of the beliefs of the Torah, one of the beliefs that Hashem, one of the demands of life, that things we went through, others should be better for it. Rabbi Yochanan had the bone of his tenth son. Somebody went through loss. Rabbi Yochanan was there. I went through it too. When people are sitting shiva loyalenu for a child, nobody could say anything. You, you listen. The only ones who have a voice is somebody who went through loss himself. There's a certain club, a certain chevreshab. Take a person went through loyalenu rachman, but a person went through nisyanus. Somebody else should benefit because I understand. I've been there, I understand, I've been there. Somebody else will benefit. I know what you're feeling, I get it, what you're feeling. I've had, a, I've had situations with a bachar that I care, and I'm, I care so much for the guy. And I tried, I think I understand, but I've gone with the bachar to somebody who does understand, not thinks he understands. Somebody who mamish experienced what he's experienced, and it's a different league. It's a different league of comfort. You, you get me, you mamish get me. To everybody else, we think we get. I think I understand. You don't understand. You didn't go through it. Somebody else went through it, and it's mamish like the mamish connect and a profound. I went through it also. Let's sing a Varmus song. Then I have something else. I want to talk about Amuna. Let's sing a Varmus song. Shlomo is here. Shlomo, Shlomo Guri is here. 
Where's Yitzchak Shalom? Uh, you know the song Rebain? You don't know Rebain, do you? Barry Weber. Do you know that song? Not, not well enough to sing it. I don't know if we could sing it. I don't know if we could sing that song. It's a singable song, Yitzchak. You two could do it. So let's do rebind. So you want to give him a you want to give him a sure. guitar? You really do rebind? Oh, we have to find it. Do we know? Yeah, okay. Do we know whose guitar that is? Careful, 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 careful. He said, he said he was in the bar. I got him, why? Right, it sounds a little white. It was, this was a long word. I would never tell somebody this is why. There was meaning to what you went through. Right, I shouldn't have said in that nusach. You never tell a guy this is why you went through. But you're using what you went through. Chachd is like... Shem is many cheshbainis, but gives meaning to what you went through. We can see a purpose of what he went through, like Seif Nusuf said. Even Reb Miller said that's why he went to Mitzrayim, gave other reasons also. So he sees that, well, that's the pshat. Give some avon. The people themselves, they don't think they view it. Oh, that's, who knows that's more. It gives me some avana to say that's why it's very callous in somebody's sar, somebody went through like Shrek. But it gives a certain meaning. There's two, I want to say, yes, Joey. Joey, I have seen in my life, I have seen two, anybody, Ellie, I have seen guys who were bullied in school. I could see it on a bacher. I can pick it out almost 100%. In the yeshiva, I could tell you which guys were, I think, which guys were bullied in elementary school. The topic of bullying is real. It's sar she'en komoyu b'chololim. Unbelievable tsar. The equivalent of getting bullying, you can't imagine the tsar. It's an adult, literally, it's like losing lives in your family. It's, it's, the tsar is off the charts, the kid's bullied. It's not like a funny thing, it's, it's life altering. A person 70 is still different to his bullied in elementary school. It's a certain type of kid who gets bullied. And the tsar is naira. And you see two responses to the kid who was bullied. You see a kid who bullies others, they bully back. It's one of the symptoms of a guy who was bullied, is he bullying others. And you see other people who are unbelievably sensitive. They're amazingly sensitive and they pull their life together. And because they experience the tsar that's profound, it gives them a whole mission in life. What they went through becomes a mission. I don't say the guy says, okay, that's why I went through this. I don't know why I went through it. But it gives a new mission. He has a new mission in his life. I was a guy who was bullied. It's a new mission in life. And his whole life he has a sensitivity of few others can have because he went through bullying. But he has certain sensitivities that are real, that are profound. Let's play a nice song. Should we do, you hold we could do Rebind? Try, no? Let's try. So show him you know Rebind? Who's going in you?
The words mean it's one of the nicest words in all of Tehillim. David Amelik, we're gonna do it one more time. We're gonna sing this song. What the words mean, Ellie? I'm lost like a lost sheep. A sheep is the most vulnerable of animals. Animals normally have defense mechanisms. They're either strong, they can bite, they can run fast. A sheep is like the most vulnerable of all animals. It has nothing. It doesn't run fast. It can't kick. It can't hide. It's too and it's quite meaty. If you have an animal that's slow and everybody, it's not so, but it's geschmack, it's a good veal sandwich. A lot of animals would, would really enjoy a nice shepsel. It's the, it's the spitz vulnerability. A sheep is like the animal of all vulnerable animals. A sheep without a shepherd is lost. He's gone without a shepherd. He needs a human being who sits there with his stick, with his gun, with his rifle, and plucks off any... You know how much coyotes like sheep? And once a coyote eats one sheep, you can look it up, they are dangerous. Once a coyote eats its first sheep, they become addicted. And lights out, every shepherd knows this. Yeah, every shepherd. Coyotes eat one sheep, lights out. 
It will eat sheep nightly. I know a guy who has a farm. Once a coyote eats one of his sheep, he tracks down the coyote and he blows his brain. He has a gun and he, he finds the coyote. How he figures out which one did it, he finds it and he blows his brains off. Because he knows if he tastes the chef, so all the sheep are gone. That's so yummy. So David Amel, yeah, yeah. yeah. Feel. So Ellie, the David Amel says, is, I am lost like a sheep. I'm so vulnerable without you, Hashem. I'm just vulnerable. Things eat me up. I'm lost. But then he says a remarkable thing. He doesn't say, please let me find you, Hashem. He should ask, let me find you. He says, find me. I love that. Find me, Hashem. I love how much you can ask Hashem. He says, please search me out, Hashem. Find me. What a, what a chutzpah. What a beautiful chutzpah. You don't have to say to Hashem, let me find you. Say, Hashem, I'm lost. Find me. Please find me, Hashem. And Hashem will find you. Seek me out. I believe in your mitzvahs. I want a connection to you, Hashem. So please find me. Beautiful. So let's sing that those words again, those stunning words. Maskimels. One more time. Take it away. Yisak Shalom, I need you. Then we'll continue part two. No, no, no. Yo have taught us a different song. Yeah. Great. One more song. You'll see one more song, then we're going to continue. Ooh, it's a great song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hine, Hine. Yehuda, Yehuda. I want you to hear this song. Take it away. Micha Yankov, Yankov, I want you to hear the song, Tzvi. There's a life changing song. Yankov, listen to the song. Menachem, we're going to listen to this song. Listen to this song. Oh, oh. 
As we need you three for a yesh. Then I'm then I want the last. Isn't that gorgeous? <laughs> sure, you ever heard that song? That last. One. I can tell you the words. I don't the idea. Say that Hine Hashem needs of Allah, Malaychal Arts Kvaidai, Mabid Allah, are you serving Hashem properly? He checks you out. He looks at you. He knows your insides. He sees if you're serving him properly. Hashem's hovering above us, looking at us. One more song. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say one more word. Then we'll play more. We can sing. Please. 
I want to share with you something, Abby, from the altar of Nevardik, a new pshat, a new asaga in, in, in the Chumash that we learn always. Menachem, a new asaga that's precious. It's a new thought. Abby, listen to this altar of Nevardik. From the time we're little, we, we're, we're, we're right now in between two parashas that have everything to do with Hanukkah. We're in the parish of Yisvat Sadik, and we're right in the parish where he's thrown in jail to the parish where he comes out of jail. And we know Yehudi is punished, Benny is punished with two extra years in jail. Yisvat Sadik has two extra years in jail. Yisvat Sadik is sitting in jail nine years in a pit in the ground. And he's, he's, he, he's keep, he kept his prestige, he kept, he was close to Hashem. And he had tremendous hatzlach. Everybody admired Yosef HaTzadik in jail. They were awed by him. And he helps a man. A man was a Sarah Mashkim to Paroi. The man used to serve Paroi his drinks, his lechayims. And a bug flew into the drink. And he was thrown into the pit because a bug, to the king's case, a bug flew in. He was thrown into the pit. Now you languish in pit until either the king pardoned you or he killed you. It ended either the king would kill the person to pardon. And Yosef HaTzadik, based on his dream, tells the man he's going to be free. He gives him an amazingly good bestow, you're going to be free. And the man is so thankful and appreciative, I'm going to be free, he says, I guarantee you'll be saved. He interprets his dream, Shlema, and he says you're going to be free. Then Yosef HaTzadik does the simplest Ishtadlus. He tells the guy, when you, you're going to be, not only are you going to be free, you're going to be reinstated to your job in the palace. It's like, really? You're going to get back your Parnassa. Often the guy's freed from jail. He struggles. I know a Yid was in jail for a couple of years. He was a doctor. He's never gotten back Parnassa. Part of being in prison is you lose your standing in society. It's not that simple, you're free and everything's fine. It's very, very hard to get a job. When you have in your record, you're in prison. Egypt was a developed country. A guy comes out of prison, his life could be ruined. It's not that simple. And Yosef HaTzadik tells him, not only are you going to be free from jail, you're going to be reinstated to your former position. The man is like ecstatic. He thanks Yosef HaTzadik does the most logical thing. He's languishing in jail. He says to the man, maybe do me a favor. When you go to the palace, maybe mention me to Paray that there's a guy here who's not bad. Everybody respected Yosef HaTzadik a lot. So he says, tell Paray, mention me to Paray, Latoyev, so that maybe you'll pardon me. Shua, is that normal, Ishtadlus? Is that, do you think that seems to be a good move? Yosef HaTzadik did that. Hashem punished him two more years in jail. He was supposed to get out of jail. Two more years he languished in prison because he did that. What in the world is wrong with what he did? It's normal. That's the, he was supposed to do a shtadlus. That's normal shtadlus. Why was he punished two more years in jail? This question has plagued Many, many, many people have struggled with this question. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ink has been spilled over this question. What did he do wrong? He was punished. I'd love to understand. Is there something wrong with the tzaddik did? Yosef tzaddik is in jail, and the man, the man is getting go back to the palace. He says, "Mention me to Perry for doing that." Two more years in jail. <laughs> Wasn't that what he sh- I would say you have to do that. It's the logical thing to do, Avrami. Says the altar of Nevardik remarkably. He says that it was far-fetched to Shtadlus. It was far-fetched. You know, sometimes a guy, an Israeli meets you in Eretz Yisrael, you're from, you're from New York? Send regards to... I'm from New York. Send regards. New York's quite a big place. You from New York? Send regards to my old friend. I'm from New York. Doesn't mean I can send regards to your friend. I, I never met your friend. There are quite a few Jews in New York. 
This guy was a janitor. He was a low job. You know what it meant? You didn't go up to the king and say, Parai, I wanted to tell you. He had no voice to Parai. It was completely far-fetched. He could tell anything to Parai. It was far-fetched. S- listen to this. So what? Says the Alter of Nevardik, you're mukhuyiv to do ishtadlus. When you do far-fetched things, you show you're desperate. A yid is never desperate. You have Hashem. You're allowed to do ishtadlus. You're mukhuyiv to do ishtadlus. When you do far-fetched far-fetched ishtadlus, you're thrashing. You're like, <laughs> you're desperate. A yid's never desperate. I have Hashem. Ishtadlus I do. A yid has Hashem. A yid's never lost. A yid never lost. He has Hashem. He does a shtadlus from Mechoyev. At the moment you show desperation, you show you're just, you're, you're, you're thrashing around. You're, you ever saw a fish out of water? It thrashes. It's called the sugar. A yid, and listen to tzaddikim, tzaddikim at all times is Hashem. Hishtadlus, there's nothing wrong with Hishtadlus. He said if it was Paray's wife, and he said, tell Paray, it wouldn't have been bad. That would have been a chiyuv. But it was so far-fetched, it showed a drip of desperation. Really? Really? So you're desperate now. A tzaddik, what do you mean? He's in jail nine years. The tzaddik's in jail nine years. He's not desperate. Hashem runs the world. Hishtadlus. If it's normal, hishtadlus. Zechor, you're supposed to hishtadlus. At the point that it shows desperation, that means that you're, that means that you, there's, a, there's a part of you that's not Yishev Adas. That is punished two extra years in jail. It's subtle. Yosef HaTzadik. This is on Madragas. Wow. But any desperation shows a yid's not desperate. There's a bayrayim. There's Hashem. A yid has a sense. There's Hashem. I, I asked the Bachar. I was driving in the car yesterday. I asked the Bachar, play me any Gaish song that's clean. I want only a man singing it completely clean. And they play me three songs. I think, you know, out of the five that are available, that are clean, and the man, they, they play me three of the five. And they were amazing. All three songs, the talent was off the charts. The songs. Unbelievably talented. But I saw in one of the songs, the guy, it was an unbelievable song, expression, the guy's praying to Hashem. He's talking to Hashem, and, and he's showing frustration. God, are you listening to me? Are you here? And then he talks from Hashem's perspective. And in tremendous anger, where are you? He said, you can't answer a prayer that hasn't been prayed. Where are you? And all of a sudden, when you're desperate, you turn to me. Where are you in the good times? Where are you? And in a very angry, like angry Hashem, the guy brilliantly, the way he perceives it, said Hashem's time is back. Does you're saying, where's Hashem? You never talk to me. You never thank me. You never, brilliantly, Lahavdil, he's mechavin to David Amelech and Tillam. Mizmar Shir Chanukas Abayis, the song of the renewal of Beis Hamikdash, which is a huge song of Chanukah. David Amelech says, Amarti v'bishalvi. When things are tranquil, I say, Bal emay loylam. I'll never stumble. I forget to think about Hashem. When things are good, David Amelech said that. So this guy describes Hashem fiercely screaming at us. It's brilliant. Except he doesn't know Hashem. I have to find NF and I want to tell him about Hashem. Because he looks at NF. He looks at it that Hashem is so... He looks at it that Hashem is like angry at us. And where are you? And, and, and violently angry at us. It's Sheker. Hashem loves us. Hashem is a mother. says, please, son, come home. Come home. There's such ava. He doesn't understand Hashem. He views Hashem who's fed up with us. Who's disgusted. His Hashem is disgusted with us. It's shame, you shameful beings. What you've done and you say, where's Hashem? Really now? That's his Hashem. I want to sing different songs, Tanef. I want him to hear Hashem saying, I love you. Yisrael, he needs to hear the eighth day. Somebody has to play for NF. The eighth day, Yisrael, Yisrael. Yid, my children, even when you sin, you're still my children. Eli, he needs to hear a different song. He needs to hear a different song. He doesn't know. 
and he know he knows about Hashem. He doesn't know, and he never experienced a parent love him like this. He says himself, his mother overdosed on drugs, and he never experienced a parent who loves him despite his, his, his wrong action, who just wants him, who wants him to do well, who loves him and loves to see his success. He didn't experience it. See, he represents Hashem ripping back on us. Who's like, you're angry at me, you filth. And he so well says it, all our mistakes that are true, except Hashem's talking much different. I love you. I love you. Let's work. We can do this. We can do this. He doesn't know about that, Avi. He doesn't know. I, I, I shudder that guys listen to Goyish music. It's talented off the charts. But they have no emuna. They have no emuna. There's no emuna. They don't know about Hashem. They don't know about a yid is never desperate. A yid has the bayrei. We look at he sat in jail another two years. Isn't that harsh? You missed the boat. Yosef Atzadik was going through a training. Hashem loves you. And you're never desperate yid. He walked out with understanding. Hashem loves me and I'm, ne- I'm never desperate. No far-fetched hishtadlus, because I'm pushing Hashem runs the world. Hishtadlus, they're got to work. Get a good job. Never do too much. Never do things that aren't the normal hishtadlus. You can always do more. Maybe you should stop touching doorknobs with your hands. But I know people who don't touch doorknobs. You know how many germs lurk on the doorknob, Shleiman? Yaddy, you know how many guys in Yeshiva have colds and just sneezed and touched the doorknob? If you would see under a microscope, you'd see animals on the doorknob. Monsters. Pasha, you would see beings and creations that would scare the living daylights out of you. And they go on your hand when you touch the doorknob. A facility, a bathroom doorknob, Hashem Yerachim. You push it to every guy washes his hands a little bit and all the other everything still on his hand touches the doorknob. You know what goes to your hand? So for now only wear gloves for now on. The answer is that it's that's not the normal stadlus. The normal stadlus. We walk in through my open the door. That's the normal stadlus. I don't act desperate. Hashem runs the world. He decides what happens to me. Everything. But yid's never desperate. Yid never has to. People are health nuts. They don't give you know the carcinogens. You know. You're showing desperation. Be normal. Whatever the normal. The guy your neighbors do. That's right. Never desperate. But yid's not that. Hashem runs the world. The normal shtadlus. That's what you're supposed to do. Hashem's mitzavas. That's what we do. But yid's never desperate. Yid has a loving Hashem, a caring Hashem, a guiding Hashem. He's never desperate. He's well taken care of. The normal established, he does. Otherwise, and why does he do normal? Because Hashem's mitzvah, but he never shows desperation. I'm stuck. I never saw a forsaken tzaddik. Their songs are bereft of emuna. They have no emuna. Their songs are so sad. These songs were sad. They're talented, wow. And connected to Hashem. I'm impressed. They're maminim. Just they don't call maminim. The whole world's maminim Hashem. But they don't know about Hashem. They don't know about Hashem. That song is one of the most remarkable songs I ever heard in my life. Clean, not a dirty word in the song. I was amazed. You ever heard this song, Oh Lord? What, what's the song? You ever heard the song, Oh Lord, from NF? Unbelievable. I never heard it. It's not only rapping. Completely clean. It's not a dirty word in the song. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable song. I thought it was like, it sounds like a Russian song. Like, oh Lord, like you're singing. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not asking you to play. I don't want you to play. There's no Emuna. Let's play a good song with Emuna. What's a good song? No, I don't like that song. Unless you sing it by yourself. Which That's I wouldn't mind. What do you guys know? You want it? I want it. Let's do it. Please, could you please sing it? Which Please. song, you know what? No, that makes is not bad. You like that? I love it. That's a good song. Ellie, these words mean that I made Sakurasika from the. Oh, she comes.
Let's go to Gemara Shir, Rabbi Saif. Please keep it. Say more. Please keep it. Please keep it. Tell me what's going on. Sit down here because I want to hear what's going on in life. Great. She was great. Who Shir are you in now? Sure. Excellent. 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 A big cluster. Thank you. Learn without it. Excellent. Um, he did, he's doing a good job with the right Yeah, yeah. They, have a, they have a team this day. Team. Not a excellent, team. excellent, excellent, yeah. excellent. Um, Yaakov and Elio. Yeah, Yaakov and Elio. What are you calling What are you up to, Aaron? I'm home in five towns and I work um, for a finance company. And I learn in the morning and I call out Rabbi Horowitz to show. Really? Who has the title there? Who runs the call? Yeah, he has a son-in-law who's like officially the head of the Kabura. It's like 10 super stark like, married guys where I can bridge. Really? Yeah. Who runs this play? I don't know what they learn.